Hello and welcome to Mars Matters, a six-part health-themed podcast series that explores the issues most important to you. Brought to you by Mars Pharmacy and hosted by me, journalist and author Caroline Foran, across this series we will be looking at everything from managing anxiety, which is a particular area of interest to me, to understanding fertility, the importance of sleep, your gut microbiome and so much more. For each of the six episodes, we will be joined by a relevant expert, only the best of the best in their respective fields across Ireland and the UK, and they will be on hand to tackle the health concerns that affect so many of us. Each episode will focus on one topic and its related issues so that you can tune into what's most relevant to you and your personal experience. For this episode, we are exploring the sometimes mysterious subject of sleep something dear to my heart, big sleeper, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Tom Coleman, health and wellness expert. Tom, you are so welcome to the Mars Matters podcast. Lovely. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. Great to have you. So before we get into sleep, the mystery the mystery of sleep, can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you okay. do, where you come from, and how, how relevant you are to sleep? Okay. Um, I suppose my interest in sleep began about eight or nine years ago. I was working with high-level elite athletes at the time. Um, My own background is health science and nutrition. So I was fascinated um, in terms of uh, what gave us the the biggest return on investment, you know, Um, how we recover and and, and how that impacts performance. So I, I started delving into different factors from nutrition to supplements, and I found that sleep was huge. Um... So I started researching sleep and I ended up uh, working with people like Irish Rugby Union and working with some of their athletes to help them improve their sleep. Um, and that's, I suppose, that was eight or nine years ago. Since that, I have advised, consulted, spoken a lot about and even this year been involved in, in, in uh, research uh, yeah. on sleep. Um, so um, it's a fascinating topic. Yeah, and, and it's something uh, that I suppose you can never really fully know everything yeah. about. There's, it's such a, there's so much there to explore. It's huge, it's huge. And if there's one thing that's common to every single one of us, you know, I think we're, we're going to explore different um, subjects across this series, but one thing that everyone can relate to is the need for sleep. Indeed, yeah. yeah. We spend, in our lifespan, um, we spend 36% of our life, not one third, it's actually more than one third because we sleep a lot more when we're babies. So we spend, in our lifespan, 36% of our time is spent to sleep. We don't really think about it. We don't give it any consideration. I mean, I would say over 45% of my time is spent (laughs) to sleep. I'm a sleepy baby all the time. But I suppose this is probably a very big question, but why is sleep essential? Um, um, It's something that we obviously take for granted because we all do it. Um, Matthew Walker is a researcher who spent over 20 years studying sleep and he said there's not a single physiological or psychological aspect um, of our health that is not impacted from a good night's sleep. Wow. Scientists are still struggling to grasp fully uh, why we need to sleep but we do understand a lot more in, in the last few decades. We Our comprehension has, has gone up so we need to sleep for many different reasons from physical repair to hormonal balance, balance to um psychological repair, uh, our emotional well-being. So every aspect of our physiology is tied up with sleep. And, and we mentioned earlier, or you mentioned earlier in, in, uh, in, in chatting to you, all the different topics that you were going to cover. And ironically, all of those are very much related to sleep. Yeah. Um, from fertility to hormonal balance to, you know, anxiety. anxiety yeah, such a huge thing with sleep. Huge, huge issue. So, um, you know, our immune system. For example, we um, we produce a, a lot of immune cells when we sleep. 
when you fall asleep, your, immu- your immune system wakes up. We know that from studies that people who are sleep de- deprived are four times as likely to pick up colds, wow. for example. Um, so yeah, natural killer cells um, are a type of immune cell that, that, that kill a lot of viruses and even cancer cells in our body. So if, if we consistently get uh, less than five hours a night, natural killer cell production drops. We know from the World Health Organization um, and, and a whole host of other sort of um, health institutes, the importance of sleep. Um, shift work, for example, shift workers. So if you're a shift worker, um, that's a, a risk factor. And it's classed as a class one carcinogen by the World, World Health Organization. Really? That's how important sleep is. Yeah. Uh, and we don't really think about it until we're not getting it. And then it's exactly. all we can think about. We're like, oh my God, I'd love a good night's sleep. It's the same so. as everything in, across the series that I've been covering is that you don't really think to address it or until until you're facing an issue with it. And the yeah. goal is to not just solve a problem when it arises, but be well all the time. So, you know, even if someone is sleeping well now, how to optimise their sleep, how to get the most out of their sleep. It. And that's, yeah, that's, that's why professional athletes, why the top people in the world started to look at how they could mm-hmm. improve their sleep because that's when muscle and tissue repair occurred. The vast majority of it. Have you noticed a big shift in terms of, you know, in the business world mm-hmm. where it used to be definitely seen as like a badge of honour to get by on four hours sleep a night and be like, yeah. oh, bragging about how many yeah. hours that you've worked. And now it's like, that that's nothing to be proud of. You, you'll be no use, you know, to your employers, to your, uh, to your employees if you are sleep deprived. Absolutely. And the it's research, a currency now. It, yeah. I mean, the research backs it up because we, we know that productivity increases if people are, are well rested. If people are sleep deprived, if we accumulate what we call sleep debt, productivity goes down. Attention to detail goes down. Accidents go up. Absenteeism goes up if we're sleep deprived. Mm. Uh, healthcare costs go up if we're sleep deprived. So all, I mean, a lot of my time now is, is spent in the corporate world. Um, giving advice to shift workers and companies around around sleep. There's a huge recognition now of that. And that whole badge of honour thing is is interestingly, from the research I was involved in this year um, with VHI, they uh, highlighted this cultural bias that we have around sleep. And there's that old thing of, you know, up early in the morning, he's a great fellow, he was up early. It's a badge of honour and the busier we are. But it's detrimental to health. It's detrimental to performance. It's detrimental to our mood, how we feel about ourselves. Um, mental health, all of these things are, are kind of impacted. Um, this thing of the early the early bird gets the worm. Well, my response is the, the second mouse gets the cheese. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sleep more. Most, a lot of us are sleep deprived. So we okay. need to generally look after that better. Without going into too much of the science and overwhelming yeah. people, can, can you tell me a little bit about what happens to our bodies while we're sleeping okay. and how it differentiates from being awake? Okay, very good. It's a good question. Um, Putting you on the spot now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we we measure, uh, how do we know if someone's asleep or unconscious? You know? uh, or, you know, we, we measure through something called polysomnography, which is, which is um, essentially we measure brainwave activity. Uh, and that changes as we sleep. It changes depending on what's happening. If we meditate, we get alpha wave activity, which is, which is like light sleep. So, you know, um, 10 or 15 minutes or half an hour meditation can be just as good as a sleep. Very restorative. Um, so, so yeah, we, we measure and we fall asleep in stages. So stage one, 
sleep is very light. We drift off into sleep and it's a fairly complex process um, to fall asleep, but we don't, we take it for granted, right? Um, we drift off into sleep and then what happens is our body temperature drops, our heart rate drops, and this causes an increase in something called melatonin production, which maybe people have heard of melatonin. Um, and that pushes, our, pushes us deeper again. And stage three, four sleep is the deepest aspect of our sleep. All of these stages are non-REM, okay? And then we dream is stage five, and that's rapid eye movement, that's REM sleep. Um, and that's one 90-minute cycle, okay? And the recommendation for sleep, the expert recommendation is seven to eight hours. So that would be five 90-minute cycles of sleep per night. So the, each cycle involves all of those stages? Each cycle involves all of those stages, and those cycles even... Um, are those stages modulate. So the first, your first stage, you, you dream for a sh- very short period of time. And then as the night progresses, the amount of time you spend dreaming increases and increases. So there's even modulation within those stages. Right, so you're kind of almost like waking up all the time and falling yeah, back asleep. Yeah, that's right. We call it sleep-wake cycles. We don't call it sleep, we call it sleep-wake cycles. And so those are the kind of um, phases that we're going into, but what's happening to our bodies while we sleep? Are we... Is- Great question, yeah. What's happening to our body? So there's a lot of physical repair. So um, a lot of the physical repair that happens, happens in the um, earlier stages because we secrete growth hormone when we sleep and it has many functions, not only muscle repair, but tissue repair, tissue re- regeneration, um, so, I mean, it's it's not called beauty sleep for uh, mm-hmm. for no reason. I mean, a lot of those tissue repairs and all that kind of thing. It's very that, very crucial for sk- oh, for criti- good skin. Critical for 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 cell uh, for cell uh, reparation. So, um, yeah, all that f- sort of physical repair is happening from a psychological point of view, and a lot of the psychological stuff happens in the later stages of sleep, in the later phases of sleep. Um, you're cleaning your brain up. We have a buildup. We have a plaque buildup during the day um, of something called um, beta amyloid. So there's beta amyloid uh, buildup in the brain, and we need to cl- we need to clear that at night. Um, and we, if we look at conditions, even things like Alzheimer's, there's an association there between sleep and Alzheimer's, which and Alzheimer's essentially is a plaque buildup in the brain. Wow. So um, it's absolutely critical for our uh, mental health as well, uh, emotional stability. Memory is embedded, how we process information. All of these things, I mean, there's so much happening in our bodies while we sleep. Um, and that's driven by our internal circadian rhythm. Okay. Which is the balance of the melatonin, which comes when we sleep, the, to put us asleep, and then cortisol, am I right, is the other hormone that cortisol wakes us up? and dopamine. And, okay. and also, so we have, um, yeah, it's, it's a modulation between these neurotransmitters. Um, so I suppose what happens is, um, taking it from the, from the morning time, the sun rises, uh, light enters the brain. And that's one of the key signals to our bodies, as well as temperature. And there's, there are other kind of physiological things that happen to, to wake us up, right? So um, we produce a lot of cortisol, our blood pressure surges in and the morning. And that's the stress hormone. Even um, though even though we might not be stressed out. It yeah, is it's a stress hormone. It's, it's part of our sympathetic nervous system, um, which which is which is good to get us up and get us moving and, and, and get us moving around to we have to go and find food and we have to eat and everything else and we do we, we have to do all these things. So that's that's um part of its function. So we have serotonin 
uh, and cortisol, and those tend to rise. They, they, they get us up and moving. And um, light, if we get a lot of light, a strong light signal in the morning, that really sets the clock. And that really helps, that really helps um, get us up and moving. And then Natural light? Natural light is fantastic. Um, it's, 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 it's critical for, for, for health. And then later in the day, in the absence of light, uh, serotonin is like a precursor for melatonin. So we, we start to produce melatonin when it gets dark in the evening time and sleep pressure increases also. So um, in a, in a well-balanced person, their cortisol levels drop off, uh, their dopamine levels also drop off. If, if we have, if we have um, not enough or an excess in any of these, it, it will cause sleep issues. Well, that was my experience. Um, so obviously our listeners know that I have an anxiety background. I've written books about it and my own podcast is centered around anxiety. But for me, one of the biggest side effects of having such chronic, really, really severe anxiety for a while was that I was producing so much cortisol because mm-hmm. I was just up to 90 all the time that it didn't ever drop off. And I honestly... I think I went about four months without any sleep and that alone was yeah. a killer. Well, that's very typical and symptomatic of high dopamine as well. Because if you have very low dopamine levels, you're, you're lethargic, you're mm. not motivated, you sleep a lot and you feel like you, le- you need more sleep. But if you have excess of dopamine and we have sort of A-type personalities who are kind of very driven, goal-orientated people maybe and they're... Um, I mean, um, anxiety and stress and that type of thing. And those um, transmitters associated with the sympathetic nervous system, the dopamine, um, that will keep you awake at night as well. So, like dopamine is, is a feel-good hormone, right? It is I a mean, it didn't hormone, feel too good for me. No, but if you have excessive... It's, it's, it's like anything else. It's, it's required at a certain level imbalance. Okay. So excessive dopamine it. levels will, will, will cause... Uh, nearly cause anxiety, panic attacks. And, and those type of people are awake at night. They're stressing out. Their lifestyle is, 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 is exceptionally busy. And, uh, you know, that's that sounds to me, again, like high cortisol, high dopamine. Okay. So we'll, we'll get to how to address, I suppose, sleep issues yeah. in a moment. But how would you, can you define quality sleep? Absolutely. Um, we look at sleep in a modern nutrition and we talk about quality, quantity and timing. A key principle. So, um Things can interfere with with quality of sleep. Uh, things like obvious things like coffee. Um, people say to me, oh, "I've no problem falling asleep," and after a coffee, and they they can they can fall asleep maybe, but that actually stops them going into very deep restorative sleep. Alcohol okay. is another, something else which which stops people going into deep restorative sleep. So that's where quality comes into it. So if you're not getting into that deep restorative sleep phase, mm-hmm. you're not getting the benefits of all the regeneration that happens. You're not, no. You're not getting the benefits. Your brain isn't flushing itself out, cleaning itself. That plaque buildup that I spoke about, um, we, our lymphatic system, which cleans the, the, the metabolic buildup in our bodies, does not extend to our brain. So okay. your brain must flush itself out with cerebral spinal fluid. Wow. And as I said, those things happen in the latter phases, in the latter stages. So that is critical for psychological health and well-being. So what would be like an ideal night's sleep? Is there such a thing? The general recommendation for people is seven and a half hours, which is which is um, five cycles a night. But when we look at sleep and fatigue, we'd look at it over the course of a week or 10 days. OK, um, I've met people who get by on six hours sleep. I've even met people who, who, who can only sleep three or four hours sleep every mm. night. And that's 
you know, that may be symptomatic or in, indicative of, of underlying issues. But for, for most of us, what we want is good quality sleep, like you, like you said. Um, and that tends to be, um, you know, seven and a half to eight hours uh, mm. of, 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 of uh, well-rested sleep. I feel like, and my husband would attest to this, seven and a half hours is like majorly scrimping for me. Am I sleeping too much? If I'm, I mean, I could easily have a beautiful sleep for ten hours. <laughs> Am I just? Should um, I be waking up? You, 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 you may fall outside the bell-shaped curve of, <laughs> of, of of people. However, if people do find that they're they don't feel refreshed mm. after say eight hours sleep, then maybe it might be indicative of something underlying, like maybe an underlying uh, an underactive thyroid or okay. you know low levels of 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 something else, you know, so I, I just, I just check your energy levels generally. Um, but there is, there is slight variance. Some people are just sleepy people. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm hoping. Um, yeah, well, some people, um, have a fondness for sleep, shall we say. I just love resting. Even if I'm not asleep, I just, like you say, that kind of meditative rest where, you feel like you're almost quite like you're asleep and and some sort of healing is happening. Yeah. I mean, fantastic. We don't, we actually, we don't remember the restorative sleep. No. You, you, you will never remember that stage four sleep. You know, you, you will remember the, 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 uh, the restless okay, sleep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're supposed to be waking up feeling refreshed if we've had a good enough sleep, but I find yeah. that coming into winter now, that's almost impossible when it's dark out. I don't don't know of anyone who wakes up ready to spring out of bed when it's dark out. It's, yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know, does that mean that you're getting up prematurely or does that mean that you've had bad quality sleep? Um, it, it it could be indicative of both. I mean, the we, the, the sleep, uh, our, our, our sleep phases sometimes shift slightly. Um, you, you, you notice this, that um, sometimes if you get up and you're kind of, you're going around in your pyjamas and it's you kind of haven't opened the blinds and, you know, you feel kind of tired and a little bit sleepy. It takes you a long time to wake mm. up. But if you go over and you pull the curtains and it's bright out and it's sunny out and you pull the curtains open, you go, oh my, oh, now I'm awake. Wow. So you're sending a really strong signal to the brain. Okay. Uh, and that, that triggers o- other things. So, so would you advise then some of those lamps that emit the, the nice kind of light that would help make that process easier? Yeah, you can, you can, they can, uh, how they operate is they kind of wake you up gradually, they mimic a sunrise. Okay. We're, we're, we're exceptionally sensitive to light. And and you know this as well because one crack in the curtain in the summer oh, is enough demon. to... <laughs> and, then, and then the inquest happens. Yeah. Did you pull the curtains last night? <laughs> right, so... We're, we're very sensitive to light and, and that can happen. So the, the alarm clocks mimic a, a sunrise and they also, what they do is they, they try and wake you up when you're in a naturally light phase of sleep. So after you dream, maybe at the end of a, a cycle. Okay. What things are affecting people from having quality sleep? Generally, if people have sleep issues, we I kind of categorize it into four different categories. Okay. okay? The first would be the physical components of sleep and we'll delve into those in a second. We mentioned a couple of them like light and coffee. Um, the second area would be uh, the most powerful in my mind, which is the mind, stress, mm. worry, anxiety. You know, there's no better time to start worrying about all kinds of negative things than three o'clock in the morning. I mean, um, very powerful. If you've had an argument with someone, and we've all been there, and this is the elephant in the room for people, if they're lying awake stressing and worrying, and that's very detrimental to their health and their sleep and everything else. Um, the third area would be medical would be things like sleep apnea, would be maybe, you know, um, 
issues with dopamine or, um, like you said, um, or, 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 or there's a whole host of medical issues for people. Okay. Maybe they don't produce enough melatonin. Okay. Or like you mentioned, it could be a thyroid issue. It could be a thyroid issue. It could be restless leg syndrome. It could be, you know, I mean, sleep apnea is a, is a huge one for people. Um, and then a circadian, um, circadian rhythm. So typically your shift workers. Okay. So there are, they have, we have external cues, but we have our own 24 hour clock. And a lot of the different processes that happen in the body happen at different times. Like your digestive system, for example, works best at 12 o'clock in the day and worst at 12 o'clock at night. Regardless you, of how you structure your day, if you're getting up at a different time. Um, it, your, your different systems and organs have different clocks. There's a master clock in the brain, which is the, the suprachiasmatic nuclei, which is... Wow, uh, in well a, done for remembering <laughs> that. Thank you. Um, and that's, that's light. As, as the light enters the brain, that sets that, that clock. That's why the strong light signal is, is crucial in the morning, because that sets the master clock one of the key triggers that sets the master clock. And that area of your brain is in charge then of things like dopamine, uh, serotonin, melatonin, and it drives those different things. But you also have peripheral clocks. Every cell in your body actually has a clock, which is unbelievable, which is fantastic. The Nobel Prize a couple of years ago was won by researchers who found this out. So um, the energy producing units in your cells, the mitochondria, they they ramp down uh, when it gets dark. In the, in the absence of light. Um, so um, you can shift your circadian rhythm, which means shifting your your digestive system and all the different systems, but you can only shift it really by an hour a night. Okay. Okay. So of the four categories, the, yes, the, four the categories. shift workers, they would well, they need the, to just get a new job. <laughs> <laughs> the shift, we teach them how to, um, number one, prioritize their sleep. Okay. Okay. Because often you find that, you know, shift workers will be tasked to do things that okay, because they're up, because they're not at work during the day, they're like, oh, you can go to the bank and yeah. pick up the kids and paint the fence. And, you know, you wouldn't if you were if you were found outside at three o'clock in the morning painting a fence, the neighbors would ring the. OK, so to <laughs> yeah. really protect your boundaries around yeah. sleep. Huge thing, setting boundaries around sleep yeah. for shift workers. Very important. So what we encourage those people to do is is, is manage or everything that they can control, like okay. the physical components. So light, um, an eye mask. I mean, it's 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 five or ten euros. Mm-hmm. Go to your local pharmacy and ask for an eye mask. Okay, I mean, like let's hope Mars Pharmacy stock. Eye I'm masks. sure they. I'm sure they will. <laughs> um, it can instantly improve sleep quality in over like straight away immediately. It's an easy. It's a, the low lying fruit, right? Coffee. Manage your your caffeine intake because. Um, so this is, I suppose. Um, overlapping with the shift workers yeah. and also then the um, lifestyle factors for anyone that would impact sleep. For anyone, absolutely. We we have to look after these physical components of sleep. Uh, for shift workers, it's it's a little bit more difficult because of the, the depending on the shift cycle or pattern. They are, okay. they have to work a little bit harder. They might have to work a little bit harder. The third group, which is the underlying conditions, those people will mm-hmm. need medical assistance they to will, get yeah. to the root of the problem and then hopefully their sleep would improve with that. So Absolutely. we might have to put that one to one side at the moment because sure, that would I open so, up yeah. a whole other world of, of, of conversations of different health concerns. Absolutely. But the two that I really want to focus on are the physical mm-hmm. um, mechanisms of sleep and the, the psychological. So yeah. let's take the physical first. Sure. Okay. So we look at the physical ones, which are the light, controlling that. Uh, so low lights in your you know, we want to get a strong light signal early in the day, lots of serotonin, um, and then 
low light, avoiding bright lights later in the day. You, you will be familiar with this, believe it or not. So if you've ever been outside all day at the beach or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, that night you sleep like a baby. You sleep, yeah. you know. Um, and, and I always think it's the fresh air, but is it the but light? I was got, my next question was, what did your mother tell you that yeah. was? Yeah, oh, it's just too the, much fresh air. The, the fresh air, get out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, you're, it's the serotonin. You're, 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 you're making lots of serotonin. Okay, so that's that's this very strong light signal, and then it's easier for your brain to turn that into melatonin later in the day, which is f- fantastic, right? Okay, so spend more time outside if you can. Strong light signal, yeah. Get outside, okay. Um, the coffee, watch the coffee. Um, electronics. Let's talk about let's talk about blue light and electronics. There's there's two things with the electronics. There's the the anticipatory um, uh, anxiety, or there's the stimulation anticipatory response really your your if your phone bleeps you're you know you're on edge you're looking at it. you get dopamine actually you get a blast of dopamine. yeah so it's important to manage your electronics the blue led light is twice as powerful at suppressing melatonin production wow okay? so many people who are over stimulated um and they go oh my god i have to go to bed because i have to get up in the morning and they jump into bed and they're they're going oh, i forgot to put out the bins and i forgot to eat oh, all forgot to email her and they open the laptop in the bed open the laptop or they have you know and they can't sleep so they start they start going on social media which is you know I think people really take for granted the power of the negative power of doing that in bed yeah. you know we all hear oh just put the phones away turn off the TV before bed but people still do it because yeah. first of all they're addicted to their phones but there's major research that shows yeah. how negative that can affect your sleep and then yeah. if it affects your sleep it's affecting your next day, your pr- your productivity, your mood, your, your relationships, your family, sure, your sure. you know everything. So yeah. that's such a small thing that people can really, if yeah. they do one thing, if stop one going thing, on the phone. If you do one thing, because I, everyone, I mean, like I, I've spoken to tens of thousands of people now in sleep, and I always ask, who brings your phone into the bedroom? Everyone, Every, virtually everyone, to be honest. So even going on your phone and setting, turning off all the blue light. So there's a setting on the iPhones and the iOS or all the other ones that you can turn off the blue LED light and set it that every day it, the screen turns yellow. And that's something that can, small little fix, yeah, uh, which can help. And that's how you use it. You can, you can listen to relaxing music. If you're going to bring your phone into the bedroom, you can use it maybe in a different way. TVs in the bedroom, no, no? TVs in the bedroom, no, there's boundaries. I think, you see, the experts say that your bedroom, your bed should be associated with the three S's. <laughs> if you're sick, you're in bed. If you're sleeping, I'm not sure of the third one. I can't really remember the third one. Uh, someone said snoring, but um, if you're not doing any of those three things, then... Shouldn't you, be in there. You shouldn't be in there. So get, so get out, cool down. Temperature is one of the key, the other physical okay. components. So, so going back to the physical components is one of the key signals to sleep. And so people having a hot bath before bed is a bad idea? No, because oh. if you have a hot bath, it helps expel body heat and, and your core body temperature drops after a hot bath. Oh, okay. Because I'm always lying there after a hot bath, like a beetroot, thinking I oh, yeah. can't. My heart's racing, and it's yeah. going to be a while before I calm down. <laughs> so, so that is worth doing. You can have a warm shower or a hot bath, whatever else, and it helps relax everything, and it, it will actually eventually uh, cool you down. Actually, drop your core body. But keeping your bedroom as cool as possible is a great idea because it's something that increases melatonin production. Okay. So, and if you think about cavemen and women, we were hunter gatherers, and then it would get cold. And that was one of the key triggers to sleep. Wow, okay. Uh, so temperature. And as we wake up in the morning, one of the key things that happens, not just the light, it's our core body temperature actually increases to get the systems moving again and get the muscles up and going. So temperature is key. 
So would you, in that case, want to have the heating come on in the morning to help? Or Because I would have thought that would make me just go more asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could actually help. That could actually help. But you, you have that uh, intrinsic response in your body. Okay. So you won't need to worry about it, but you have that intrinsic response in your body. Um, one of the other core things for, for the physical attributes is the, is the habit. It's, it's huge, the routine. Mm. We call it cueing control. So is this kind of like sleep hygiene? So how you set sleep up your hygiene, sleep routine? Yeah, sleep hygiene. So we'd, we'd, I mean, children are a great example. So with, with, with your kids, you, um, we tend to be strict and, you know, we have something to eat. Um, we, uh, you know, we, we brush the teeth, change into pyjamas. Everything is about winding down, wind down. Don't play with the kids, right? And then we get we, a bedtime story and then sleep, hopefully. And that's lovely. But I ask people, do you do that yourself? You know, <laughs> and they look at me like going, no. <laughs> so find someone to read you a bedtime story mm-hmm. and everything can be fine. Um, that habit is critical. We're creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. Our brain loves patterns. That's why on Saturday morning you wake up at the same time. Because you're, you're, yeah. you're attuned to that um, habit. So hugely important. Um, so what would be the ideal pre-sleep ritual? The, the, the idea is... is um, to wind you down in, in, in a few different ways. Now, if people train or exercise late in the day, they've activated their sympathetic nervous system, the stress, the stress response. So they're going to have to sort of um, wind down from that as well. Okay, so do you think because of that, then it's, I mean, I exercise in the morning. Mm-hmm. Is that, am I better off staying that way? Or Sure. So if you exercise later in the day, you're going to have to work extra hard to wind the body down? You're going to have to be mindful that you may, it may keep you awake. Okay. So there are things that you can do and there are things that, professional athletes do to help that so they, they have obviously a shower a hot and cold shower uh, to help vasoconstrict and dilate which helps flush out the, the build up um, they eat so food is critical as well um, and then they do a deep breathing exercise mm. so deep breathing is one of the one of the key things and we can we can cover this and talk about this in the when we talk about the psychological stuff as well or the emotional or the anxiety mm. because that uh, deep breathing uh, uh, stimulates the vagus nerve which is a key part of the parasympathetic rest and recover um, And I know mode. that connects the brain to the gut, which is what That's we're right. doing in another gut episode. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, yeah, I, I, indeed, the, the digestive systems, again, eating will, will have that same effect as well. So um, critically kind of important that you're, you're aware of that. Because often I get people who train late and we're all very busy nowadays and we come home, we're not sure if we can eat or not. Um, we're wound up. And we can't sleep. Because so. you don't want to have indigestion either. So you don't want to eat you too late. You don't want to eat. So the, I mean, the expert recommendation for food actually is three hours, which Before is a go. long time. Okay. Um, I don't know how practical that information is. Mm. I, you know, it depends on what you eat also. I mean, if you don't eat, if you don't eat a few hours before, that can interrupt sleep as well. Because something like uh, tryptophan, which is an amino acid found in most proteins, um, tryptophan is a precursor to melatonin. Okay. Okay. So, so eating high tryptophan foods can help sleep, can help induce sleep. But obviously, you know, if you eat a huge, if you eat a curry cheese chips, <laughs> <laughs> then that's going to interfere with sleep quality. Okay. And we don't want that. So, so your, your ideal routine would be exercise at some point of the day. Um, morning, I like the idea of doing morning exercise or doing exercise early in the day. And studies come back with, there's a huge data set on how exercise improves sleep onset and sleep maintenance and quality of sleep. Um, and then the, the winding down. 
from a psychological standpoint, uh, you know, you, we need to know that, okay, if I'm going to bed in an hour, I need to sort of maybe put down the electronics and move away from the laptops. Um, and, you know, find something that winds you down, that you enjoy or is and not that, that you start to associate with sleeping. Yeah. So I think for me, I've, oh, for a long time now, I read before I go to bed and I've developed such a connection between sleeping and it being, sorry, between reading and it being yeah. sleepy time that I, if I read two pages, I'm gone. Yeah. So it actually takes me forever to get through a book, but yeah. I've made a habit of it, like you say, and yeah. I have the same habit every night. I, yeah. I still need to improve on making sure the phone is, is well away because if it pings, I will probably be tempted to pick it up. Yeah. But the difference in how easy it is to fall asleep when I don't, you know, when I do the right things. Yeah. And that's that's one of the powers of the queuing control of the of the routine is that if I took your book away from you and said, no, you can't read, it would probably keep you awake. You probably yeah. couldn't sleep. I mean, it's very, very powerful. We're exceptionally sensitive to um, physical and psychological uh, cues. Okay. You know. So the, the second mm -hmm. um, group, would you say, or the factor is the psychological, um, which is, I think probably going to concern people more than anything because you know yeah. we can we can easily reduce the coffee we can easily just leave the phone but yeah it's to be told just be less stressed and you'll sleep better is <laughs> you know yeah. it's a pretty hard thing to be told um it's you know an epidemic at the moment sleep or stress and anxiety and i definitely know firsthand that if there's something worrying you you're, you're feeling anxious it's going to come up at night time mm -hmm. for you and from from what i understand yeah. about sleep is that um, when I'm really, really tired, my prefrontal cortex, which is mm -hmm. the reasoning, logical part of my brain, has kind of given up on me and has taken a back seat. So if I if I have worries, I, it's not there to sort of rationalise and say, look, Absolutely, we're okay. Yeah. So worries, that's for me why worries are just so hard to get a handle on at night time. Yeah. So I think it's important to um, understand, first of all, that if you're feeling worried, that that's why. Yeah. That because, you know, certain elements of your brain are mm -hmm. shutting down for the night. Yeah. Um, but then also you need to you need to do something proactive to to help. So yeah. like for me, I would be a big fan of not just trying to be say, oh, just don't worry about it or don't think yeah, about it because sure. your feelings and your concerns are valid. But to actually sit down maybe before bed and have a little worry period where I get it all out of my system, I write stuff down and I almost park it and say, OK, I, I've well, I've addressed all these concerns now. So they're not going to they don't need to pop up later on at three in the morning because yeah. I've already confronted all the issues sure. in my head. So in a way, you're kind of allowing yourself the the luxury of worrying and saying, well, I've done that now. Now I can relax. Yeah. Would, yeah, would that yeah. be, is that like a smart thing to do? Indeed, it, it is. I mean, like over the, over the many years um, experience I have with sleep, the elephant in the room is that, is, is what do I do? And we've all been there. Sometimes, I mean, people are there sometimes every night and it's, it's, it's very detrimental. We've all been there, but we're lying awake and we can't sleep. And, and so your brain decides to start worrying about stuff. Um, and it's, it's, it's a horrible time. Um, to be because you're there's nothing there's absolutely nothing you can do about it very little you can do about it at three o'clock in the morning mm. about and the about the worry ab about the you can't concern, solve the problem yeah about the concern you have yeah maybe it's related to family maybe it's related to finance and, and these are exceptionally powerful drivers okay and they threaten everything about you um and and you know that's why so you know, you, you, you cannot fix your financial situation at th generally at three o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. or, or your, maybe the a relationship at work, you've had an argument, you can't, you can't fix these things at three o'clock in, in the morning. I, in an ideal world, we would be able to solve those problems so that we're not lying awake at night thinking about them. But if you find yourself in the scenario where you are... If you find yourself, yeah. Do you get out of bed? Do you... My, what do you do? Um, 
I mean, we could do a podcast just on this. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually doing a, a series of talks next year on this, addressing exactly this, on what to do with fear uh, at three o'clock in the morning. At how to, at two, I teach people a tool on how to uh, tackle those 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 uh, fears. Give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I actually the this this kind of happened with the Irish rugby guys, believe it or not, because my remit was to go and talk about health and wellness and, and sleep. But the big the big issues that the issues that they were having were that they were lying awake worrying about injury. You know, they would have these guys have contracts coming up. Uh, you know, are they going to make the, the the team? Are they going to make the game? Their 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 full future is dependent on that, and they have a very short window. So, what do you do when you're lying awake? And we tend to hit repeat. It's like a hamster on a wheel. You just keep worrying and you keep going through it again. And you you mentioned the, the areas of the brain. So you start referencing different areas like um, the hypothalamus, which is, uh, and, and other areas which are concerned with memory and emotion. <laughs> and guess what? When you start putting memory and emotion together, what did she say to me? today i'm going i'm going to go i'm going to say this mm-hmm. and you start doing this thing where you you're you're running it through in your head i can't believe she said this or he said that or this happened or they had done this that memory and then you you attach the emotion to it and that activates your sympathetic nervous system and then you you start planning on what you're going to say and what you're going to do and everything and that just continues mm. that's horrendous mm. so the first thing to do is to identify that type of thinking and go oh there there we go it's it's that my head is gone it's gone again. So um, I, what I do, what I advise is have a notepad and pen by the bed. Okay. Okay. And I, I, I'll give you, I'll give you the five minute version of my three hour workshop. Okay. <laughs> and the five minute version is this, is that we recognize the thinking. Uh, we, it's very easy to, 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 to find out why it's happening or who or what. That's easy because we're, 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 we're very focused on something outside of ourselves with that. It's he, it's she, it's the work, it's this. But then what we do is go, right, what is that threatening me? Oh, that's a threat to my job, my relationship. I might, he, he might leave me, she might leave me. I might lose the car, I might lose the house. I might, you know, my world might break down. And then that's very powerful because that also threatens all of your, what, will he, what would she think, what will they think of me then? And society and all that and kind of stuff. And your self-worth. Your self-value, your self-esteem, your self-worth is all tied up in that. Mm. So that's why it's exceptionally powerful because it deeply threatens every instinct that you have for survival. And that's something to recognize. But we must get perspective on it. So the way we get perspective on it is, is to actually start writing some of these things down. Ignore the first column. It's very easy to write down all that stuff. Um I would say to people, get some perspective by asking, is this based on fact or scenario? Mm-hmm. We're just running through scenarios, worst, worst case scenarios. Has it happened before? Probably not. Will it come to pass? Probably not. Um, is it in my control? That's a key question. We spend most of our time worrying about stuff that's outside of our control. Yeah. So we have to get try and get some perspective on it. Then we have to be honest and say, well, you know, what was my part in this? Um, did I have a role in this? Um, and then we start looking at what we can do. So I would say a key thing is start looking at a little action plan. See, often the reason we're awake is because we don't want to take the action. Okay. Right? Because we're worried about the consequence. If I say this, she's going to say that, and then this is going to happen, and then I'm going to lose my job, you know. And we do that thing where we don't want to take the action, and we're just running through scenarios. So the key thing is... and. We're 99 times out of 100, we're actually wrong about what's going to happen. But you know what? We're not actually responsible for what's going to happen. 
we are only responsible for taking the right action. And this guy said to me once, he said, all you have to do is the next right thing. <laughs> okay, which is which makes it very easy. Okay, so my this is what I do with people. I get mm-hmm. them to go through this process, and I get them to make a list, a very short list of things that they could do, and even say to, say to themselves, "Well, what is the worst case scenario?" Well, do you know what? You'd actually you, be able to cope. You actually would be able to cope. Mm. You would, and I've had it with people. I've taught this technique to, to hundreds of people, and I've had people who've it has it has happened, and guess what? They're still going. They're still alive. They're still fine. Um, uh, so, so that's the kind of that's the kind of exercise you need to do. Now, I would say check your emotional state before you do it. Do the exercise, and check your emotional state after. And guess what? You will feel a lot better. And is this something to do when you're awake during the day? You could, if it's if it's if it's that type of gnawing. Um, worry or concern that you have then yes sort of a, as a preempt like my worry period sort of t- to get in there and nip it in the bud before you're lying in bed at 3am so I would say to people it's it's if, if people have that kind of anticipatory thing or because sometimes worry is hard to put your finger on isn't it mm. it's, the, it's that kind of background worry that's kind of always there and if you start picking at it it starts to really come up and get ugly and then it can grow arms and legs yeah. right so I would preempt it a little bit by saying right first of all what do I need to do tomorrow what do I need to get out of my head or you know, write that list down, park it up. And then if you have any concerns, you can, you can, you can do that little exercise or you can write them down or you can address it then. So, right, do I need to do that? Do I, what's my, my action for tomorrow that I need to just address that? You mentioned earlier that um, simply having a, a deep breathing meditation can be as sometimes as effective as, maybe not as effective as sleep, mm-hmm. but be really powerful. So if someone is lying in bed and they can't sleep, something that used to help me a lot was, my mum, based on just, I don't know, mummy knowledge, not that she had yeah. any background, would say to me that a rest is as good for you. Just lying there resting is as yeah. good as being asleep. And, and she said that to me that in a way that made me stop panicking about the fact that I wasn't asleep. So I took the pressure yeah. off myself trying to get back to sleep. Yeah. So I would just rest. So in that scenario, if someone is lying awake, okay, they've addressed, they've addressed their concerns, they've written it down. Is it still useful for them to say, maybe plug in a, a guided meditation and just listen yeah. to a five minute thing? And... It, can they be reassured that even if they're not asleep, they're still getting some of the benefits? Yeah, I would I, I would say that because we've all been there where we we kind of put the psychological pressure on ourselves. And that kind of anticipatory worry about, oh, am I going to sleep tonight, is the very thing that will keep you awake. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like a good example is if you come home from work and you turn on the TV, there's no pressure on you to sleep. You're just watching TV and it's like almost chewing them for your brain. You're yeah. watching something and then mm-hmm. 10 minutes, you're, you're fighting sleep. You're struggling to stay awake. Um, then people can go up to bed and they're in bed and they're like, wow. Showtime. I'm, <laughs> now is when I should be. And I'm wide awake and I can't sleep. And, you know, you, you're looking at the clock and you're checking. You're going, oh my God, you're doing the calculation. Four, five, six. Oh God, I have to get up in four. Oh yeah, that's you the know, worst thing you can do. Horrible, horrible place to be. You're nearly better off trying to stay awake. <laughs> you know, kind of reverse, reverse, reverse psychology, psychology, you know. So like you have a strategy. I'm all about strategies, right? I'm all about like, I'm not worried about your problem. Let's just, let's just get a solution ready. So when that happens, you go, right, I'm going to do this. But you, the mindset is, is critical. I, I feel, like you said, um, that you don't put pressure on yourself to sleep that you that you say right i'm just going i'm going to read i'm going to relax i'm going to enjoy i'm going to and you know what if i if i if i only get 4 or 5 hours it's fine i usually you know you won't you won't have many of those nights in a row because you you will be very tired so i would say um even that relaxation now there are 
countless different techniques that we can employ, such as guided meditation, storytelling, body scan exercises. Um, and I mentioned this in my talks that, that the US military train all their personnel on um, how to fall asleep because they value sleep uh, very much. Mm. And after six weeks, they have a 98% success rate. So wow. it's, a, it's a simple body scan technique where you work from your feet to your head or your head to your feet. Um, and then you do um, a little mantra at the end. And, and in, indeed, meditation is something that has been shown to improve sleep uh, onset and quality. So um, very, very beneficial. Mm. And, and find, find what works for you. Um, what I find works for me is I have, a, I have a podcast that I put on and I just put that on. Uh, and I'm gone. And like you said, with your reading, <laughs> you know, if I don't have it, I almost won't fall asleep. Yeah. But I just turn it on and I never get past sort of 10 minutes because I'm gone. Okay. You know, um, so now obviously we, we don't want something, we don't want a, a, a thriller or something. You don't want something too stimulating. <laughs> yeah, too stimulating. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, one question that Mars get asked most when it comes to sleep is people trying to distinguish between so some people have a hard time falling asleep yeah some people fall asleep completely fine and then they wake up and they can't go back asleep yeah is there a difference between the two or is there a difference in how you would advise on for these two issues mm. that's a, it's, it's a really interesting one because what happens is the longer you're awake during the day we get like a build-up of sleep pressure in the brain okay okay and then that peaks just obviously before you fall asleep. And then when you fall asleep, it's like the air going out of the tires. Mm. So if you wake up early, in the, if you fall, as, fall asleep, now typically people will fall asleep for three hours and wake up. This is common, right? Um, and the first two phases, that's two 90-minute cycles. So those first two, you tend to fall very deep asleep. And then uh, after those two, you don't quite get that depth. Um, so that is very typical, right? Um but then sometimes when people wake up, they worry or they force themselves or they get stressed out. And if that happens, then, you know, your blood pressure goes up and your heart rate goes up. You need to address that. We have to look at maybe why that's happening as well. That could be a, a lifestyle thing, like the physical things we talked about, like coffee. Sorry, is this like for, that. is this, are we talking about people? That could be both. Both, that, okay. That, that impacts both. I, what I usually recommend for people is is things like try try um, uh, some supplementation can really help like magnesium that can really help with with sleep um, there's, there's a few other supplements and things like that think, even things like B6 or um, valerian and all these little sort of percentages but um, yeah so if it's if it's um, if it's sleep onset identify what it is and then address it and then you, you should generally be fine Um People, if people wake up again, is it is it psychological or is it physical, or is it just a natural part of their um, circadian rhythm? Okay, you know, you know um, so it could be it could be either or. And how would you what what would the course of action be then? Um, I'd I'd look at I'd look it's again sort of um, looking at their 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 food, the amount of caffeine, um, exercise, stress. People typically who are you know overstressed overstimulated and poor lifestyle choices, both are going to be impacted. Both are going to be impacted. And they the stressed out people especially tend to, to, to wake up because initially they'll have a lot of sleep pressure, but that dissipates quite quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they're, they're, they're awake and it's much, it's, it's, it's more difficult to initiate sleep. It's a lot easier for us as adults with, you know, 
hopefully fully formed brains and the ability to rationalize and say, look, I can't sleep because I'm worried about this or I can address this in the morning. It's harder for a child who's having sleep difficulties. And that's a question that Mars get asked a lot is, I guess they have stressed out parents coming in whose kids are having sleep difficulties and the kids probably don't really understand why and maybe the parent doesn't either. How how do you approach that? Um, Children and babies, like you said, brain development. So it takes it takes their brain time to um, to to get that serotonin melatonin um, axis happening uh, on a regular basis. Their 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 circadian rhythm to develop their own uh, circadian rhythm that takes time, and it it it's, it's it fluctuates greatly between kids because we all we we I have a, a beautiful eleven month old boy now, Kai, and um, it it's taken him quite a while. So initially, he would wake up every two hours. Uh, and for feeding and everything else. So we're looking at getting all the systems into rhythm, you know, um, in every sense. Uh, and as time goes by, I th- five to eight months, usually about eight or nine months, actually, it, it takes that long for babies to get into some kind of rhythm, proper rhythm. But babies require a lot more sleep. It's just very sporadic. It tends mm-hmm. to be sporadic. Children, children require more sleep, even teenagers. Okay, is that true that teenagers are not just... They, they do need a lot more sleep. Does, so all the times that I was given out to for still being in bed, <laughs> my parents were wrong. Okay, so what's happened there? Uh, there has been a phase shift in, and we, we this phase shift, phase shift happens in your circadian rhythm in your teens and when you start to age. So as a teenager, uh, like normally, we shall we say we go to bed, we're asleep at, you know, 10.30 and we're up at 7.30, right? For a normal adult. But a teenager, their phase shifts forward. So naturally, um, they want to go to bed later and they want to stay in bed half the day, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's not just because, you know, whatever reason, it's not a social reason. There <laughs> is a, cool. there, <laughs> not to be cool, but there is actually a phase shift. And that phase shift it goes the other way as we age. Okay. And this is very common. And I'm sure your listeners will, will identify with this, especially as you go over 40 and 50 and 60. And um, we, we tend to go to bed earlier and then we wake up earlier. Yeah. Okay. And and this is very common that people say, oh, God, I, I, no matter what time I go to bed, I wake up at five o'clock in the morning. And their their, their drive is to, is, to, is to go to bed earlier. So that's a natural thing with the teenagers. They do require more sleep as well because okay. of... Obviously, puberty, the hormones are all over the place uh, and the, the exponential growth that's happening because they're usually growing like. OK, so that's a very true thing about sleep. On the subject of other myths uh, around sleep, I'm sure you get asked about a lot of them. I remember hearing that an hour before bed, before midnight is worth four after. <laughs> um, is that true? I suppose I, I, I think that this myth has come about through the light issue uh, because obviously the darker it is, that's something that's going to really help you uh, maintain good sleep, uh, initiate and maintain good sleep. So I think the hour before midnight is like midnight is the middle of the night, really, you know. Uh, so the light bulb and light has really changed our going to bedtime as a society. And this is in the last hundred years, we're generally going to bed a couple of hours later due to artificial light. So um, I think that's where it comes about the myth about an hour before midnight is due to the darkness. Okay. Oversleeping. Oversleeping. Help me out in this one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Oversleeping can is be there, an issue. Is there going to be an issue with, with like, is that going to affect you negatively in the same way that um, not getting enough sleep would affect yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, it will. It will. In I what mean, way? generally, generally um, oversleeping 
from in my experience, it's it's indicative of underlying issues. Okay. But people can oversleep. Uh, you can, you know, you can you can naturally oversleep yourself. Um, but but usually there may there may be something else there. Now, as a society, most of us aren't getting enough sleep. Okay. So but, I'm an outlier. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're an outlier. We check, we check a few little things and, and, and maybe try, there, there are, um, you know, there are different things you can take. Maybe you try some supplements and stuff like that that can, uh, that can maybe help you. Again, go and talk to your pharmacist and, and you know, it, may, it, it could be, it could be underactive thyroid. It could okay. be different things like that or do, the, the dopamine, low dopamine. Okay. That's, that's, right. that, that, that can be fairly common as well uh, for if, you, if you're sleeping a lot. Naps okay. during the day. Naps. So looking at going back to the to the stages that I spoke about, the 90 minute cycle, this informs us as to the length of our nap. OK. And do we, should we be having a nap or do we need one? Well, as there we adult? go. I mean, that's that's this is this is this is a little bit of contradiction in the in the uh, f- between the experts. So the expert advice is you go to bed at the same time, you get up at the same time, you get your required amount of sleep and everything is great. Now, life doesn't happen that way. Right. Because. If we start to accumulate sleep debt, we need to kind of maybe... Okay, say you've got a new baby. Yeah. And you're not getting sleep, they're not getting sleep. You're going to have to balance the scales. You're going to have to try and get sleep at some point. So napping is a way to do that. And again, you know, shift workers will will experience this, but everyone can experience it. We all experience this at some point. Some people say they can't nap. I can't nap, just can't nap. And you can't really, unless you have a, a physiological imbalance and there's no reason why you can't your brain your thinking is stopping you napping um so you can use nap a nap as long as it doesn't interfere with your sleep onset so napping is kind of personal in that sense because some people can nap quite easily and it won't really affect too much their going to bedtime or their sleep onset other people um if they have a 10 minute nap they tell me oh it pushes my sleep onset back by an hour so that's detrimental right um now that may be down to low melatonin levels um and there's something that we can do about that we can we can actually if you want to go to the doctor and and ask for a melatonin supplement that can help some foods contain melatonin things like cherries handful of cherries has three milligrams of melatonin Um, pistachios have melatonin Mm -hmm. um so the naps are sort of personal in that sense if you find that you can have a 10 or 15 or 20 minute nap or up to half an hour you're only going to stage one or stage two sleep you're not going too deep okay but if you go for an hour you're going to wake up in the middle of stage four sleep Mm. and i'm sure it's happened where you've your alarm has gone off in the morning and you feel like oh i was i was was really in the middle of a really deep part of my sleep unaware like that you've set the alarm for stage four sleep. So when you think about your sleep or your naps, you plan them 15 minutes to half an hour, you're going to wake up refreshed and everything else um, and pretty quickly or a full hour and a half, full cycle. Right, but an hour is going to be... An hour is going to, you're going to wake up not feeling fantastic. Your mood okay. is going to be impacted. <laughs> you're going to be cranky. And in, with that in mind, are you, would you be an advocate of those apps that track your sleep and help wake you up when you're in a lighter sleep phase? Um, I know my husband the, uses one of those. Okay, so I'm app, like, well, it, it works for you, but I'm beside you, and I could be deep sleep, deeply asleep, you know. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think I read recently that thirty or forty percent of couples no longer sleep together. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, oh no, I'd sleep through anything. It's grand. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. But um, the measurement of sleep, 
so that's you know that's something that depending on your outlook or your attitude and everything else can can be detrimental or positive. All right, because okay. you don't want to overanalyze. You don't, don't want to start worrying you don't want about it. Another electronic device that you have to hit a target on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, so um, the sleep apps can be useful, um, and waking up at the right time is beneficial for sure. You don't want to be setting your alarm for uh, stage four sleep. So it, they can be useful. So, um, but don't read too much into them. Okay. Because okay? I've had people come to me very worried about. Um, you know, very worried that um, they're not getting enough deep sleep because this is what my electronic device is telling me and, and everything else, okay? Um, we, we'd sometimes look at the accuracy of those devices, maybe, okay? Okay. Because I've worked with technology used by NASA and Harvard to measure sleep. Okay. Very, very uh, refined technology what, ad- what advice would you give um, for people who are just generally stressing out about the quality of their sleep? I mean, mm-hmm. that's obviously... Going to self, self-perpetuating. You yeah, know. self um, Those people, like if you, self-reporting is only 50 to 60% accurate. What do you mean by that? So if we measure sleep quality and quantity, it's polysomnography is the gold standard. It's 100% accurate. That means those, those. I'm sure you've seen the hats with the wires and sensors mm. coming out. I put that in you, I get a very clear picture of your sleep quality and quantity. Okay. Um, if you, um, if I ask you to, if I ask you to fill out a questionnaire on your sleep quality and quantity, that's only 50 to 60% accurate. Be- do you know why? Because I mentioned earlier, you you won't remember the deep sleep, but mm. you will remember the poor sleep. Okay. I've had people, I've monitored people's sleep where um, they've told me their sleep is very restless and very poor. And I monitored this guy's sleep in particular. And he had one of the best sleep patterns I've ever seen. But half an hour before he woke up, he would become restless. And that's all he remembered. And he thought that that's how he was sleeping. Oh, all night. Okay. So we're not great. We're not great at self-reporting. You definitely shouldn't be self-diagnosing your own sleep, you I suppose. But, so, but well, you'll know if you're knackered and you're you tired, will. and you'll know you'll if know. you're. I you mean, know. In, in saying that, you, you you kind of will know um, if you're waking up exhausted and you you've you've had seven or eight hours, and you need to look at it. You need to say what okay. what's happening. You know, again, if you look if you look after all the sleep hygiene that I spoke about, and the food and stuff like that as well, and the and the electronics and and everything else, and the exercise. Because sometimes, you know, they can have a profound impact. So let's just, I guess, before we finish, try and... There's so much information and it can be yeah. overwhelming thinking yeah. about all the different tryptophans and all these <laughs> sure. other things. Words are probably getting wrong. Okay, so let's hope that people are addressing the issues that are causing them stress yeah. in their lifestyle. Yeah. Because that's going to hugely help your sleep. Sure. Let's hope that people are not stressing out about sleep because even if you can't sleep, you can rest and you can benefit from sure. that. What is, let's just create a really clear picture of the ideal scenario okay. so for the, someone, yeah. whether it's a, including the um, physical and the psychological. Yeah. So today, right, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to bed. How am I, how am I best to approach going to sleep? So I suppose we we'll, we'll look at the physical environment. We look at your habit and we look at your environment of sleep. Um, so your your environment of sleep should not be uh, a space that's uh, full of electronic devices, that's stimulating, that's 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 an entertainment space. It should be a space if you can if you can try and visualize yourself and think about like, well, what would me what would my perfect uh, bed be and my perfect sleep 
uh, room be? And I'm sure it'd be someplace very, something very kind of um, beautiful and, and, and peaceful serene and, and, and serene yeah. and calm and everything. So we No even, clutter. No clutter. So keep your bedroom clutter-free, clean, organised, um, free from electronics, um, uh, cool bedroom, you know, very low, very low lights or no lights, ideally. Um, even things like lavender and the sensory stuff can help your earplugs, your soft foam earplugs, your eye mask. So like um, a mask. deep pillow, deep works, or what's it, deep sleep pillow spray from This Works, I really like that. Okay, very good. Yeah, well, the lavender. Yeah, nice. all those, all those, all those little percentages. So, so your, your space is, you, you, you just want to climb into that bed and fall asleep. It's just okay. very conducive. So, so that's the, envir- that's a physical environment. Right. Your habit then leading up to your bedtime should, uh, earlier in the day, what you're doing at nine o'clock in the morning, could have just as much of an influence on your sleep as what you do 10 minutes before you sleep. Wow. So what I mean by that is if you're not getting a strong light signal, if you're drinking a load of Red Bull, if you're not exercising and eating poorly and all those things. So the, the obvious clear stuff like getting outside, getting some exercise, getting light, not drinking too much caffeine, um, eating reasonably well if you can, okay? And then watching your, your coffee intake during the day, um, remembering... Um, that, you know, not to do a huge amount of exercise and then try and fall asleep half an hour after. So in the hour leading up, you think, okay, time to start winding down now. Have your shower. Um, maybe a, a couple of hours before you fall asleep, you have some food, you have something to eat because that will help improve actually sleep quality. Because as you know, after lunch, we all want to nap. So there's mm-hmm. a natural dip in your circadian rhythm. So an hour before um, we start winding down, we start getting ready and we have that healthy routine of doing that on a regular basis and at the same time every evening we do the same kind of things and that will really help and um, put you to sleep at night and we have the pen and paper beside us we if have we're having paper beside the bed we we kind of address that we have whatever little uh, things that we're are, are going to uh if we're going to read a book we have all that kind of stuff ready um or do a body scan do the body scan and then you know that's that's your really healthy routine then take your take your supplement Take your magnesium supplement an hour and a half before you go to bed if you want to make, if you want to try. And that that improves nerve impulse. It relaxes heart, your heart rate, stuff like that. So those, those, it's all, it's, it's the accumulation of all those little things. It's know. all very simple, small things. It is. It's, it's That it's, people probably think, ah, sure, I would have done that if I, mm. you know, but it, it is sometimes, it's often the simplest things make the biggest difference, especially when it comes to sleep. And to not be intimidated by it and to not be stressed out about it, but to... I guess, calmly approach it, knowing that you have options, knowing that you can go down to your Mars pharmacy and talk to them about supplements if you're really having a hard time, sure. that you can go to your GP to, to check out any underlying issues if you know you think there's a real problem sure. there, that you can change your lifestyle to suit. Very, very small changes can ma- have such a massive impact, a positive impact, sure. um, and that you will get there. You will get there. You will get there. I mean, if you're determined to find um, the, the solution, you know, um, as my dad used to say, I'm not worried about the problem you have. I'm worried about the solution you're applying. You know? <laughs> so uh, finding the right solution is important. Yeah, Tom Coleman, if if anyone wants to reach out to you, yeah. or do you do you do you work with people on a one to one basis? I haven't or? really worked with. Um, not I, I. I'm just incredibly busy with with okay. all my work, so I, I don't do a huge amount of one to one. But is there? Uh, work. Is there you have a website? But, uh, people want yeah, to have I mean, like, I've, if people want to contact me directly with 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 questions or stuff, or, or maybe interested in, in 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 things I may run in the future, they can contact me at uh, Tom 
at mynutritionireland.ie. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd welcome any questions. Or Thank you. Well, there's, there's so much more we could talk about. I think we could have a whole series dedicated to sleep alone. It's such a massive topic, but hopefully we've given a good insight into um, how important it is, you know, what can go wrong and, and ultimately mm-hmm. how to optimize it and improve your sleep so that everything yeah. in your life can can be functioning as good as it possibly can be. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me on Mars Matters. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.